And welcome to episode 58 of the Quarter 3 Podcast. I am your host, Spencer Breedlove, and I get to do this podcast with my amazing wife, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Spencer and everyone. Our core purpose is threefold. We want to inform your mind. We want to inspire your heart and ignite your joy. And here on our podcast, we're going to talk about things that will either make you think, laugh, or cry, or sometimes all three. We are going to talk about struggles. We're going to talk about our pain points. We're going to talk about joys. We're going to talk about life and marriage and how you can remain strong through some of the most difficult times in your life. So wherever you are today, we encourage you to join in the conversation by sharing this podcast on your socials or with your friends and families by text messages. And we appreciate that. Yes, we definitely do appreciate that. Now, to kick us off, rather than have the question of the day, Lisa has a news update on egg hunts being shut down in Fulton County. Lisa, what have you got for us today? Well, I'm coming live, well, a few days ago, illegal Easter egg hunt. Illegal? Oh, my. The police were sent to shut down the South Fulton event over, get this, a feud between the mayor and the city government. Oh, my god! It's a continually ongoing feud that they've had between the young city's mayor and the city council government. Wait a minute. Hold up. <laughs> You're telling me that the government shut down an egg hunt? Well, it, it the two, mayor and the government, city council are disagreeing on certain things. And so the egg hunt did not get approval and proper, um, I guess you have permitting have permits. Yes. And therefore then it was illegal. So the police were sent in to shut it down, <laughs> which left lots and lots of screaming, crying children, bewildered parents, angry parents. <laughs> lashing out now at Fulton County government and mayor. Wow. Yes. This I is mean, the, this is the true story. Yes, it this sounds is, hard to believe. <laughs> this is where where the, what is your source listen, of information? 11 alive news. Oh, it sounds hard to believe, but the scene that played out at Creel Park became the latest chapter in an ongoing feud between adults over an egg hunt. Oh, gosh. I People. I can't even read it without laughing. Oh, my heavens. Mm-hmm. See, another another yes. reason to not do egg hunts in, <laughs> like, seriously, just do the egg hunts uh, in your backyard. Yeah, we've already been. You don't need this, a permit for but, that. Okay, here's another update. This actually, this information comes from a friend of ours that actually spoke at our church this morning. Yeah. Pastor Dave Edwards. Yeah. Yes. Great message. Known Dave for a long time in youth ministry circles. And he kind of was pondering the question as well. What in the world do the eggs have to do with the resurrection? Crucifixion and the, the crucifixion. Yes. Well, he at least pointed out. I thought this was how very good. many eggs are in the carton when you go 
to buy your eggs in the store. And we teach this in math class. There's 12. A dozen. There's a dozen. 12. Okay. How many apostles did Jesus have? How many disciples? He had 12. The original 12 that followed him. But, you know, you open that carton. I've taught you to check. Uh-huh. Always Other check. wives probably have taught Do their Do not husband. ever There's get... always one cracked one in yep. there. There's always a cracked one. That was Judas. That was Judas. That's yep. the evil Judas egg. <laughs> Swap that one out. All right. So I just put the whole carton back and get a whole new one. Sometimes I do, but then once I'm like on the third carton and I'm just swapping, I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. Just that was pretty funny. Swap the one egg. Yeah. The evil Judas <laughs> egg. <laughs> uh, all right. Enough about eggs. I just couldn't believe that when I was sitting there watching the news with your parents and we were having a, a great conversation. We weren't even really watching. It was just kind of on the television in the background. And I heard egg hunt and went, wait, hold on, hold on. And watched the story on 11 Alive News. And this is still Alive ongoing. News. 11 Alive News. Like it was, this is the second time it's been shut down. And so that's that's kind of where the story was coming from. It We're, we're two weeks past Easter. We still haven't had our blessed egg hunt. It's shut down twice. Yeah. Okay. People. All right. Oh, good grief. I know. Goodness. I thought you'd like that update. All right. So what are we going to talk about tonight or this week, Lisa? What are well, we going to talk about? We we do this a lot when we're going down the road, spending time together in the car, which that's a lot of yeah, our time. It is. Driving around from place to place and the things that we're involved in. And I just threw it out there and said, you know, what about we talk about when your kids lose their minds? Yes. <laughs> because we, okay, we're in... This parenting stage with the last one at home. Yeah. So we've had two before, a 25-year-old now, 21, almost 22-year-old. Right. And then the youngest just turned 18. So we've witnessed a lot of losing their minds. Yes, we have. And 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 they're going to lose theirs. It's going to happen because it's part of them growing up. It's part of them figuring life out but we also as parents want to navigate that with them without losing our minds that's a great yeah that's a great point you know what to do when your kids lose your mind so that you don't lose yours yeah yeah because it is sure somebody wrote a book on that but no i don't think so oh okay Really? I don't know. I felt like I've Sounds heard like that a before. good title for a book. It does. I felt like I'd heard it before. Maybe maybe we should write one. <laughs> write one. Yeah. We okay. could. Yeah. What to do when your kids lose your mind so that you don't lose yours. But I remember I do remember reading a parenting book um years ago and it it related it to being in a raft going down like white the water rapids. rafting. Yes. And, yeah, and that some was parts about are smooth, raising boys, though. And some parts are, well, it can apply to all. Because well, now true. that I've had a girl, it applies to both. Yeah. Um, and, and all of your children are created uniquely and differently with different temperaments and personalities and um, tendencies. But yet, 
for the most part, there's going to be a period somewhere between well, I think probably there, 12 and Yeah, well, I think there are 20. times that, you know, kids lose their minds when they're kids, when they're children, and they just don't realize they're losing their minds. Yeah. Maybe it's probably more parents that are losing, losing their minds trying to figure out how the heck am I or supposed to Or maybe it's a little more human? short-lived. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of. But then in adolescence, you know. Yeah. It, there are times that kids lose their mind. Some just live in a state of lost mindness, mindedness. And then when they get into that young adulthood, those, those teenage years to young adulthood years and those moments when they do lose their minds, or it's a, it's a period of time over like months or even years where, the relationship between mom and dad and child is incredibly strained and you're just kind of at your wits end. Yeah. When we say losing their minds, what we're talking about is maybe not making the best choices, wise choices, maybe living the way you've taught them or raised them or um, in ways that align with, you know, your beliefs um yeah or they maybe it's acting out maybe it's just an emotional time maybe it's a struggle they're going through right Mm -hmm. so what do you do you know what are what are you supposed to do when those things happen what what can you do right when when that time comes because it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when i think so i mean i told you i said Hey, please, if if your kids have never lost their mind and everything has just been smooth sailing from the moment they were born, yay like for you. you get a gold star. Yeah. And I'd like to shake your hand because yeah, yay for you. so far I've not met anybody like that. Um and, and again, it it looks different for all of us um as as parents. It looks different with each child, how that might manifest mess manifest itself (laughs) how it might manifest itself um with that kid and and we were saying with our with our own it's been at different ages yes with each one of them it has been at different ages and different like time frames like in spaces like Tyler's was probably a little old, more older. He's a little older. That's different Jared. ages. That's huh? the same thing. What? It's different ages. I just said that. Yeah, I know. But I'm talking about like time frames. Like not just the age range, mm-hmm. but the... Stage of life. Not just the stage of life, but the, the distance. Uh-huh. Not the distance. Not that. It is Come on, the, it mm-hmm. the range of time between the time that it started and the, the time that it ended. I oh, think, yeah, sure. That can be different. For, right. Yeah. And so what do you so what do you do? And I think there are some typical responses that we as parents have or that we've observed in. Yes. Other parents lives. I'll just for me personally. Mm hmm. Mine was anger. This is what's typical. What we might default to. Yeah, our if default. You want to say that my my default was mm-hmm. anger. Um, I would want to. 
I'd want to hit something. Uh huh. I'd want to punch a door or slam something. Slam a door. That did happen. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, My default is to debate. Oh gosh, we're going to yes. debate it out, oh. and I'm going to make an argument that <laughs> that drove me. I think it drove me nuts more than did the kids. I think it did. You you were like, oh my goodness, just stop it. Oh yeah, well, it was like well, you were like go different kids. So Tyler liked to debate with me. Yes, he did. Jared, not so much. Yeah, and definitely not Elizabeth. And not Elizabeth. No. No. Well, Tyler, Tyler and I would do it, he drove you. Oh, nuts. it drove me nuts. Y'all yeah. y'all's debating because my my role, I felt like he was attacking you, and so I would want to come in yeah. and save the day and bring yeah. peace. Right. Because there was not peace. I'm the peacemaker. Right. In the in the home. You are a challenger, and I think Tyler is a lot more of a challenger as well. Mm-hmm. And y- you guys just drove me nuts um, when when those things would would happen, and you would go into debate mode, and I'm like, yeah. you're just fanning it into flame. It did. Be it never. Quiet. It was this vicious cycle. Of oh my god! Around and around. I know, and that's what I'm saying. We've learned. Yes, <laughs> we've learned from doing it so i'm trying to bring peace and you're just okay i didn't punch walls though so true just say that but i had reached a point where yeah i'd I'd felt backed Mm -hmm. into a corner and when you back a if you want to use the enneagram if you back a nine into a corner that nine is going to come out with like like a rattlesnake i mean it can be you know you you you're lashing back out. Anyway. So maybe it looks like shouting matches, right? Oh, yeah. That was that was probably mine growing up in my home growing up. Yeah. Okay. was a lot of shouting matches. Okay. Yeah. Another one is embarrassment. I think that was, that was one that I struggled with uh-huh. on the embarrassment side. Now, in be, what do you mean? If, if your kids do something boneheaded. It does bring a sense or a level of embarrassment. Oh yeah. But for for me, um, embarrassment was oftentimes a motivator to kind of put my put my thumb down on the kids from a disciplinary standpoint because uh-huh. I didn't want the family to be embarrassed. Uh, even in, as, as a role as a as a minister, that's what I was gonna say. Maybe that played into is it. I, oh, it yeah. definitely played I think into it, does. it. Definitely played into that. Where major leadership in the church and your and, kids are being and I wanted my, I wanted our kids to yeah. get in be line on, the, on their best behavior. Yeah. Sure. You know, sure. and so there was a a fear of embarrassment, and mm-hmm. that wound up leading to a point where it could kind of control the. The parenting aspect, I yeah. would lead out of a place of a fear of embarrassment, right? And that's not healthy. That that does that does not lend lend to well, it, effective then it kind parenting. of becomes dictatorial, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um. So now, some other things. What's something else? Yeah. Some other things that that some people will do is if their kids do something boneheaded, they lose their minds or whatever, they make excuses for them. Yes. Have you seen this played out 
all the way into a child's adult life. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I have to. And it, then it almost is kind of comical, but it's such a pattern of what the parent has done. I think by the time they're an adult, I, I don't even know if the parent sometimes realizes they're doing it. They don't. It's yeah. so now. It's so normal. Yeah. It's so normal. They don't realize it. Yeah. They and just they make excuse excuses. It away. They just excuse mm-hmm. it away. Yeah. And they don't hold their child accountable. Yes. Even as an adult, they don't. Yeah. They don't do so. Now, I do think there is a transition that happens where you know when your when your kids do become adults and they're on their own, um, the relationship goes through a change. It does. And the things that the things that they do. Uh, they have to take personal responsibility for. And if it winds up, you know, causing hurt or disappointment or something like that in us as, as parents or in you as parents, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a parent of an adult child, um, you don't need to revert back to the way it was when you were, uh, when they were children, you don't need to treat them like they're children. They're grown adults. So treat them like an adult. And you, uh, the consequences of that, they've got to take care of the consequences. Whether if it's, you know, doing something stupid or they get caught doing something, uh, they have to own the consequence. And you have to let them handle that. Um, you can coach them through it, but you don't have to own that consequence mm-hmm. themselves. The other, the other part to that is, um, there may be some frustration or something like that going on in you that you've got to work through, um, and not lash out at them or try to correct it as an adult. You gotta just let them be adults. And the decisions that they make, they may hurt your feelings, but you're going to have to get over it mm-hmm. in, in a certain way. Uh, you can't let it harbor anger and bitterness and frustration in you. Although it will create it, and let's acknowledge that, it will happen. But there comes a point when it's like, all right, I got to suck this one up. I don't know. What do you think about that? Am I, are you in agreement with that or do you disagree with what I just said? I agree. I kind of got lost a little bit. I'm sorry. How'd you get lost? I'm sorry. I was just thinking about, I don't know. You kind of went on a little. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it made me start thinking while you were talking about that. I was thinking though, that I believe when the kids are younger, you begin to go ahead and build these things or put these things in place so that, yes, what you're saying, when they become adults, um, we've already put some of these in place so that we don't go back to these defaults and, you know, maybe the wrong ways to navigate it. Right. Because I was thinking, you know, another one, maybe you just, don't discipline them at all. I mean, and it really kind of is easier, especially when they're younger. So this is talking to those with young children. It, it, you're so busy. There's so many things going on, especially if you have more than one child, or even if you just have one and, you know, 
you're taking care of a home and you're working jobs and you're doing this. And it's just sometimes easier to, I don't have time to stop and deal with that and discipline. But that's what I'm saying. I think as they're in these younger stages, if we go ahead and um, put some of these things in place that we don't, you know, scream and get in shouting matches. We don't try to reason with a five-year-old because that's not reasonable. No, it's not. Um, you know, and yes, hold them accountable, age appropriately, have discussions. It's it's almost like it's this continuing thing that you're helping them navigate their feelings and their emotions and how to solve a problem. And, mm-hmm. So here are some alternative responses. Yes, we've talked about things we've learned or watched, observed. Or done. Uh, maybe what not to do. And done. I said. Yeah. Yes. So we did the what not to do, but let's be encouraging and point people to maybe some things that are positive that they can do. So I wrote down five beatitudes of parenting. Oh, I like that. Beatitudes of parenting. Yeah, five beatitudes okay. of parenting. When your kids lose their minds. When your kids lose your minds, here are five beatitudes of parenting. First of all, be patient. Oh, like count to ten. Okay, yeah, count to ten. Take a deep breath before you say something stupid. Before yeah. you need to. Before you say something, you're gonna want to. You're going to regret. Or lash out. Or lash out. Or make some empty threat. Correct. Take a moment. Yeah. Count to 10. I like that. Be patient. Okay. Secondly, be present. Be present. Now, I've talked about being patient, being present, being deliberate multiple times before. This is a lesson that I had learned uh, a couple years ago. And it's a lesson that I will never forget. And I've always applied it in everything that I've done from parenting to marriage to leadership, you name it, just even in personal growth, be patient, be present, be deliberate. The second part of being present, of being present in your kid's life is sometimes your kids are going to lose their mind and the best place they can go to is you. Mm hmm. And you just let them, you just let them lose their mind. And when they're done, you're right there. Yeah. You're the safe place. You're that safe place. Yes. But that's what I was speaking about a while ago, that we have to be present. We have to be in those moments and not, well, I got to type this email or I got to clean up the dishes or we've got to be present in those moments. The third one is the third beatitude is to be deliberate. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to make some decisions mm-hmm. that may uh, require um, executing some consequences. Uh-huh. So, in that, be deliberate. Make the punishment fit fit the make crime. Make a decision. Uh-huh. You okay. know, make the punishment fit the crime. Be deliberate and stick with it. Okay. Um, knowing that. It is creating a, uh, hopefully, a heart of righteousness. Yeah. And, you're and a heart for righteousness. Mm-hmm. And you coach them through it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you help them. 
you leverage that failure that your kid just experienced to teach them what is right, what is wrong, and what they can do to do it better next time. Yes. So you got to be deliberate. Um, number four, my fourth beatitude. Be aligned with your spouse. If you're married, you and your spouse need to be in an alignment. That's big. And kids know if you aren't. They'll start playing you. Yeah. You guys need, you guys are a Which team. Which then pits y'all against each other yes. instead of being on the same team and working through this. Need to speak the same unified. language. Yes. And Which requires Communication. Yeah. Communication. Yeah. yeah. Making sure y'all are on the same page yeah. and saying the same thing and in agreement with what is the uh the appropriate course of action mm-hmm. to take. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the fifth beatitude is to be kind. To be kind. Yeah. Because when you take a look at the scripture, the Bible says that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm. God didn't force us into repentance. Right. God's kindness and his grace led us to repentance. And if God modeled that for us, what better what better course of action do we have at our disposal to to lead our children to repentance than the grace of God? Yeah, that's good. There's nothing better. That's the example. And so for for us, we have to, one, we have to understand and know God's grace and his, and have received his kindness. And then we get to disperse that kindness to our own children. And as our children see our kindness being lived out to them and for them, it does lead to a place of repentance in their own life and it may take days it may take weeks it may take months it may take years but the key is is to maintain compassion and kindness to your children no matter what age and stage of life they're in our kids always need us to be kind and compassionate to them and for them, regardless of whatever mistakes they've made and how they've lost their minds. Yes. And if you practice that, if you practice um, God's grace in your own life, when your kids lose their minds, you won't lose your mind. Yes. I think it's important as well to, this was just something God taught me that, the goal is for them to become more Christ-like, not like me or not what I think they should be. Um, but it's him making them like him. Correct. And we got to get out of the way sometimes um, and stop trying to control that ourselves, um, but guide them guide them along it's a good word it was good that was good you got anything else to add to it before we wrap it up i don't think so no well 
folks, we appreciate you listening in this week. Uh, and you, every week. And every week, for that matter. Uh, you may have kids in your life, in your home, that have just absolutely lost their minds. If you do, uh, not know, know that you are not alone. That's mm-hmm. right. You're not alone. And that um, the the day may be long for you, but the season is short. Your kids aren't going to be with you forever. No. They eventually grow up. They eventually leave the house. And your relationship with them will change over time. Be patient. Be present. Be deliberate. Be in alignment. And be kind. And I think bathe them in prayer. Yeah, and be prayerful. That would be the last one. That would be the last beatitude is to be prayerful. Yes. Um, for, for your children. And more than anything, our kids can drive us to our knees, and that's a good thing. Absolutely. So just know we love you. We're grateful for you. Thank you so much yes. again for listening. And remember that two, two are, are better, better than, than one, one, and a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Easily broken.